Hey, Backstory listeners, we're bringing you something special this week that we're really excited about. I want to introduce you to Lost at the Smithsonian. It's a new pop culture history podcast from Stitcher that explores the little-known stories behind iconic artifacts at the National Museum of American History. Actor and comedian Asif Manvi of The Daily Show examines the impact of 10 fascinating cultural treasures from across music, sports, television, and film. Think items like Fonzie's leather jacket, Dorothy's ruby slippers, Muhammad Ali's robe, even Jim Henson's early prototypes for the Muppets. We get to explore the museum along with Asif as he engages in smart, hilarious conversations with the curators and celebs behind these special pieces of American zeitgeist. We have an exclusive clip I want to share with you. Here, Asif comes across the robe Muhammad Ali wore during his training for the famed Rumble in the Jungle against George Foreman. More than just another boxing match, we're reminded of the political and cultural context of the times that made this one of the most important sporting and entertainment events of the 20th century. But enough from me. You have to hear it for yourself. Here's a special preview of Lost at the Smithsonian. Back in Smithsonian storage, what looks like an unassuming terry cloth training robe with simple black lettering. It says Muhammad Ali, and above is his signature. It's a little frayed at the edges here, a little yellow. Represents an icon and a legend who was the greatest that sports has ever produced. Here comes Ali. You can see him there, very calm. It's age against youth. So you've got these two... American, African-American boxers, George Foreman, Muhammad Ali. Ali is, he lost his title. He lost his title, yes. And, and now he was... Try to attempt to regain the title. And Foreman was the current heavyweight boxing champion. The odds were stacked against Ali right, right out of the gate because he was older, Foreman had, was undefeated. He's a formidable opponent, yes, for sure. When I meet this man, if you think the world was surprised when Nixon resigned, wait till I whip Foreman's behind. And in terms of the actual, the fight in Zaire, how did that come about? It was with Don King. Uh, I think they had connections with the people in Zaire and thought this would be like this great new sort of mass spectacle that would elevate interest in not only the fight, but also the nation of Zaire. And also, like, you know, they had this big concert. And this James Brown. In addition to being a major sporting event, the Rumble in the Jungle was also a major musical event. James Brown was there. B.B. King was there. The Spinners were there. And the man who organized this global spectacle? Well, that was none other than legendary boxing promoter Don King. Getting these super giants to come into one fold and do one thing 6,000 miles from home, that was blackness. That was the strength. To accept blackness, to help blackness, to trust blackness, and to associate yourself with blackness. We all are citizens of the world, you know. It ain't about us being like we want to be against nobody, but it's about us saying that we are for each other. So that there was this celebration connecting African culture with African American culture that that could be both celebrated and exploited in some ways in order to get people excited about the fight. And I think that at the time, that was a kind of a new concept. But in terms of Rumble in the Jungle, considered one of the most important sporting events of the 20th century, why do you think that was? You know, in the long run, there's a lot of big events, but they don't always hold up. 
So you have this huge audience for a championship fight that was like incredible. There's the Ali story itself, and Ali's rope dope finish to that fight where he got let himself get punched basically and tricked Foreman and knew he had one shot and was able to accomplish it, and that was yeah. huge. Ali's rope dope finish was the key to his victory. He let himself get backed up against the ropes, then used his arms to block as many of Foreman's punches as he could. Once Foreman was worn out, Ali made his move. We'll get into rope dope in a few minutes, but just know it was all about outsmarting his younger opponent. Muhammad Ali dancing around. This will be the national anthem of the country of Zaire. I mean, I know that, like, for myself, growing up in a, in a Muslim family, mm. and my parents growing up in India in, in the 60s, and, you know, Ali, the fact that he was this outspoken black Muslim, I think there were a lot of Muslims around the world who sort of took ownership of him in some ways, you know, like, he's one of us. Mm-hmm. And so I just remember, as a kid, the idea of sort of giving the middle finger to colonialism and the oppression by not going and fighting in Vietnam. Why should I go and fight the white man's war? What have they done for me as a black American? So I think there was a real resonance about this fight being in Africa of all places, right? I I think if it had been in America, I don't think it would have had the same impact. Sure, right, yeah. The international scope of it was important. And, you know, he won three, he had, you know, lost and won three times the, the belt. So, like... That kind of like just adds to this kind of legacy and stature that he had. Also, so smart and funny. He knew how to use his controversy to kind of help his, you know, bank account as well as the people he was fighting. So I think all around, Ali's just like really, as they say, remarkable in the term that he's worth remarking upon because he's so distinctive. When I got to Africa, I had one hell of a rumble. I had to beat Tarzan's behind first for claiming to be the king in the jungle. So that was a sneak peek from Lost at the Smithsonian with Asif Manvi. Listen now in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite podcast app. Thanks.